There is a brand new audio hosting platform out there, and this one includes the ability to have your listeners donate to your show. It's on this episode of Podcastification. My name is Carrie Green, and I am the Client Happiness Guy at PodcastFastTrack.com, and this is Podcastification. This show is all about podcasting, how to do it, how not to do it, best practices, interesting news items that have to do with the realm of podcasting, and who knows what else. And I'm trying to do it all with a little bit of fun and some information to help you get a show going, keep yours going, or make it better. And if you like what's going on here on the show, I would appreciate it, oh, so appreciate it, if you could leave a rating or review on iTunes. You can find out how to do that at podcastfasttrack.com slash review. That's enough of that kind of stuff. Let's get you podcastificated right away. Okay, I'm talking today with someone I reached out to over the internet. This is Matt Basta. Matt, you want to say hey? Hey, how's it going? Yeah, good. Matt is part of a, a team who's developed an app on the web called Pinecast. And we're going to kind of just walk through the Pinecast website. So if you want to follow along, you can do that at pinecast.com. And Matt, right at the top of the website, it says, focus on content, not funding. So why don't you tell us what that little tagline really means? We've been building podcasts, you know, recording our own content for a while. And something we've found really frustrating is uh, actually making money off of it, right? You know, buying a better microphone or buying a boom stand or, or anything like that, uh, especially for somebody that's that's new to podcasting is really difficult. And so what most people often turn to is sponsorships or affiliate uh, advertising. And so you'll have a Squarespace referral code or a Casper mattress offer or any number of different types of services that advertise through podcasts. But at the end of the day, what happens is everybody else also uses those same dozen or two affiliates. And, you know, what's to stop somebody from going to Mark Marin for his Squarespace code or Criminal for their Casper mattress code? And so as more podcasters start producing content, there's less and less money to go around. Okay. And so your platform has come along to make that easier. And we're going to get through that here in just a little bit as far as how it makes it easier. As I scroll down the website, it says the platform is designed for podcasters and it says unlimited everything. Tell me about that aspect of what you've created. When we were looking for a, a podcast hosting solution for ourselves, what we found is that the biggest three podcast hosting services have some really absurd limits. And some of them say unmetered, but they still keep track of it. So it's not really unmetered. And really, it doesn't have to be that way. It's 2016, bandwidth and storage are cheap. Okay, so your your little line there underneath that description says you don't limit storage, you don't limit bandwidth, or the number of episodes you can release. Now tell me, is there any catch to that at all? Any, any caveat to that? There's a, a few minor caveats. The first is that we do limit the size of an individual episode. For our lowest paid plan, I think the limit is 48 megabytes for the MP3, but it, it's fairly easy to get within that limit. If you're doing a monofile especially, you can get into that even with a very long conversation. 
Absolutely. Yeah. And a big mistake that a lot of beginners make is they'll say, oh, I want 192 kilobits per second. But, you know, when you're creating a podcast and if it's mostly speech, it compresses really well. And so you can actually get much lower than that and and have a much smaller file size. If that's the only caveat, I don't think that's a very serious issue. It also says simple setup. So you can start a free account in seconds. So tell me about your free account. The free plan includes up to three podcasts. You can have uh, three podcasts for your account. You can have an unlimited number of episodes, but we archive them after 10 episodes. Episodes can be up to 48 megabytes, and you get some basic analytics, just enough so that you can figure out who's listening to your show, uh, how often, what sort of impact changes make. And the only sort of hook that we, we put in is that we put a link back to Pinecast in your episode description. Okay. And so let me clarify a couple of things there. You said, first of all, you archive after, what'd you say, 10 episodes? 10 episodes, Okay. So what does that mean practically when you say that you archive? Sure. So after you release your 11th episode, your first episode is going to disappear off of the feed. And so it's still there. It's still uh, accessible by you, but uh, your listeners just won't be able to to get at it without. Okay, so if the Pinecast feed address is what is submitted to iTunes, then that say that that first of the 11 shows will drop off after you publish the 11th. That's right. Okay. Okay. And then you also said on the simple analytics that you can see who's listening, et cetera. What do you mean when you say who's listening? Is there a way to tell? who has subscribed to the episode or is it just what kind of device they're using in those general kind of analytics? It gives you really coarse grain analytics with, with the demo plan. So it it gives you a basic subscriber count. It gives you counts on, on every episode and, and charts and graphs. Unfortunately, one of the the blessings and curses of podcasts is that there's no way of figuring out uh, exactly how many people are listening to a particular episode or how many subscribers you have simply because the clients, whether it be iTunes or Pocket Casts or Stitcher, don't actually send that information and there's no way to get it. So we do our best to figure that out and sort of intuit it from common patterns. But it's sort of the basic Google analytics of, of podcasts. Yeah, that makes sense to me. And, you know, most people go by downloads and that even of itself is is flawed just because you can download a bazillion things and never use them. So mm-hmm, exactly, I, I get that that's the best we can do. Let me ask you again, on the website, it says, connect with your audience by collecting feedback from your listeners easily and automatically. Now, that's very intriguing to me. So why don't you fill me in on what that means? We have a feature called Pinecast Feedback. And basically what it allows is we'll automatically stick a link in all of your episode descriptions. And when someone clicks that link, it'll give them a a nice form that they can type in feedback. And uh, it's protected by a CAPTCHA, so you won't get any spam. And that will get delivered right to your inbox and show up on your podcast dashboard. Okay, so when you say inbox, you're, you're meaning within the Pinecast? Uh, no, it actually sends you an email. Oh, it uh, sends you an email. Okay, great. Mm-hmm. So you're able to interact with your fan or whoever it is that has, has commented on your show. That's, that's a great feature. That's right. Is Pinecast an app as well as a website, or is it only a website? It's only a website for now. Uh, we've we've done a lot of work to try and make it mobile friendly. We're still making that happen uh, and making the charts and graphs a little bit easier to read on your phone. What we didn't do is build uh, an actual podcast aggregator. Um, so we don't have an app that you can install to listen to podcasts. And the reason why is because a lot of people just prefer the aggregators that come with their device. So Android users have Google Play. iOS users have iTunes. Uh, And there's a ton of really, really great free 
podcast clients uh, and some paid podcast clients. And really, we just couldn't do a better job. Yeah, I can totally appreciate that. I use Pocket Cast and just love it. Oh, me too. <laughs> I doubt that I'll ever switch to anything else just because I'm so used to it and it works great. So mm-hmm. I totally understand that. Okay. Moving on down the page here on the main page, it's the next section is where it says collect pledges from your audience. And this is what you were talking about, about getting funding for your podcast. I'm very curious what you guys have set up here on the Pinecast uh, system. What you can do is once you've signed up, you can add your bank account information. And so you give us you know, your routing number, account number, and that information is stored securely on Stripe. We don't actually host uh, that data ourselves. Uh, so it's, it's, it's very secure. And then in each episode description, you have the option to add a link for your listeners to tip your show. And so when they click that link, they enter their email address, click a link in their email. Uh, we're adding support for SMS and Google accounts and Facebook Connect soon. And then they can offer a tip of $1, $3, $5, $10, or a custom amount. There's some restrictions on how much uh, of a tip you can receive, depending on your plan, uh, because of fraud. But that, that money, after one week, the following Friday, will be deposited in your bank account. Okay, and what kind of fees are there on that as far as uh, I know that Stripe and places like that take out 2.9% or something similar? Is there any fee to the podcaster for that kind of access to the money? The fee that Stripe takes out, obviously, it is included. And then uh, on top of that, we only take out a 5% fee for free accounts. Uh, if you're on a paid plan, there's, there's no additional fees. Okay. And we kind of skipped over the paid plans because I wanted to just kind of get down the, the page here. So tell me about the plans that go beyond the free account. Yeah. So that we have currently a, a starter plan and a pro plan. The starter plan is five bucks a month and the pro plan is 50 bucks a month. With the starter plan, you get most of the features. You get unlimited storage, which again is included with everything. The 10 episode limit is removed. We give you more analytics than what you get with the free account. So we give you more breakdowns. We give you more analytics per episode. We give you a website for each of your podcasts. So for instance, my show that I produce is abtd.pinecast.co. And we, we offer a few different themes that you can use. Of course, uh, all of the, the features of the, the demo plan. Uh, for the pro plan, we give you even more analytics. So we give you a geographic breakdowns. So we'll actually reverse look up the IP address of each of your listeners and show you where they're coming from around the world. We'll give you unlimited shows uh, so that there's no cap on that. We add bl- a blog feature to the website. We give you Pinecast feedback. Um, and something that's actually really useful for people that are professional podcasters is being able to create a network. Uh, And a network is sort of like a group, like a Facebook group. You can take multiple shows and multiple Pinecast users and collect them together. And everybody sort of shares access to all of the shows in that network. Okay. Well, that sounds really cool. I like both of those, those plans. Let me ask you this for people who already have their own website, like a WordPress website or something like that and would prefer to just add their podcast to their website. What are the options for that? Is there a way to take an embeddable player from each episode and include that or integrate the feed into their website feed? And what kind of options do you have for that kind of a situation? So beyond obviously the podcast website feature that we offer with the starter plan, we do have for the starter plan an an embeddable widget that you can put on uh, any page. It's just an iframe that you drop in. We also have some additional fields that we put into the RSS feeds, and that can allow you to sort of extract additional information. So 
for the shows that I help manage, we have a website called almostbetter.net, and uh, we pull in uh, all of the feeds and, and use the additional metadata to uh, be able to sort of collect them all together and, and, and aggregate them. Okay, that makes sense. If someone likes the Pinecast format and loves the web page that you provide in the blog and all that sort of stuff, but wants to get their own custom domain to have direct to that page. Is there a way to do that? That's actually something that's currently in development. We're working on a a feature that gives the ability for custom domains, but also things like being able to download episodes faster and give you real-time analytics. Uh, It's still a work in progress, but we're hoping to launch it in the next couple of months. Well, that's wonderful. I love that you guys are thinking ahead. It sure sounds like you are anyway. Matt, what are some things that I should have asked you, but I haven't asked you? Something that I, I've actually been asked a few times is what runs Pinecast? And, and a concern that a lot of potential customers have uh, brought up when they ask me about, oh, I want to use Pinecast, but I'm, I'm concerned about its reliability. They want to know, like, how does it work? And something that's actually kind of interesting is that Pinecast is entirely open source. All of the source code is publicly available online. We don't hide anything. It's one of our values that everything we do is open. And so if you have a problem, we sort of empower you to be able to fix it yourself if one of us can't help you out directly. But on top of that, it runs entirely on commodity hardware. We use Amazon and Heroku and some third-party providers for analytics. So it's built in a really rock-solid way. Uh, We've got redundancy and so the architecture behind it is really, really sound. And, you know, we, we, we sort of put a lot of love into the code. <laughs> yeah, that's great to hear. Now, let me ask you this question. I know there are a lot of podcasters out there who are very concerned about being able to control their own feed. And that's why a lot love things like Blueberry PowerPress that can produce the feed through their own website. And they're able to control it right there, independent of their media host. What's your response to that in terms of the way Pinecast is set up? What do you mean by control the feed? Well, for example, I've heard people say that hosting on Libsyn, you don't get to control your feed. You know, if Libsyn ever goes down, you've lost all your media, et cetera, et cetera. I personally have responses to that, but I'm curious to hear yours. Sure. I I mean, part of that is, is that, you know, if you want to be able to manage it that far, I would say that Pinecast probably isn't for you. If you want to have that kind of control, then you can even set up your own Pinecast <laughs> uh, by, by using our source code. But at the end of the day, it's sort of the, the whole package. You can't upload your audio and then also control your feed on your own simply because you lose out on the an- analytics, you lose out on a lot of the, the guarantees that we provide in terms of uh, you know uptime. We've got uh, three nines uh, of uptime right now. We're working on four. And just a lot of the little features that you get, like Pinecast feedback and uh, the tip jar, uh, don't come along with that because we're dynamically injecting these things into your feed as the users come along. Yeah, that makes good sense. One other thing that I would like to ask is, Matt, could you send me some screen grabs of like the podcast sure. page yeah. and the embeddable player so that I can include those in the show notes page and people can take a look at what that looks like? Yeah, Absolutely. And you can find the show notes for this episode, by the way, at podcastfasttrack.com slash pinecast and go right to the show notes and see, hear all the resources, see the images, those sorts of things. So, Matt, I sure appreciate you coming on with me today. It's been great. I, I really like what I'm hearing. One final thing for clarification, I 
I know you probably said this and I just wasn't paying attention, but the, the tip jar or the, the donation aspect and the feedback, those are only in the pro account. Is that correct? Uh, the tip jar is available to everybody uh, in all accounts. Feedback is uh, currently only pro. And the costs on the starter and the pro, what were those? Starter is five bucks a month and pro is $50 a month. And if you don't mind me asking, why such a big spread between the two? With the starter plan, we wanted to give a really great competitive price for people that were just beginning. And Pro is really intended for folks that either have been podcasting for a while or have a little bit of money to throw at it. And we wanted to sort of give room for uh, being able to add some really powerful features that uh, are perhaps more expensive on our end to, to build out. Yeah, that makes sense to me. Okay, Matt, thanks so much for your time. Yeah, thank you. So there you have it, another podcast hosting solution, this time with different kinds of integrations, which I suspect will probably show up in some other platforms pretty soon because everybody kind of gets ideas from everybody else. Hey, I want to thank you so much for listening to this episode of Podcastification. If you would be so, so kind as to go leave a rating and review, I would so appreciate that. You can do that at podcastfasttrack.com slash review. Thanks a ton. Have a great time podcastificating your day. This show is brought to you by Podcast Fast Track, where my team provides professional podcasting services without the time suck. Full production, editing, and show notes all in one monthly subscription package. You can find out more at podcastfasttrack.com. Now go out and make it a podcastificating day. What? Uh, I, I don't know where I'm going. <laughs> uh, That's totally I, I started talking and it's, it just trailed off. Yeah. Um,